Hi friends, my name is Andy, my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to the Hope Collective Church Podcast. Here at Hope Collective, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling, and our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. This week, we're continuing our new series called Gifts That Keep On Giving, where we're focusing on discovering and accepting the gifts that God offers us. Today's gift is the gift of blessing. So without further ado, here's John. Hey friends, my name is John Morgan. My pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hope Collective Church. And you found us online again this week. <laughs> Thanks so much for, for joining us. It's always uh, quite an honor that you're here with us. Well, we're in the middle of this series called Gifts That Keep On Giving, and we're focusing on discovering and accepting the gifts that God has offered us. Well, last week we talked about the gift of kingdom, and we also talked about uh, the words kingdom and kingdom and the difference between the two. Uh, If you weren't with us, I invite you to check out last week's uh, podcast online. Uh, To quickly sum it up, before Jesus gathered his disciples, he proclaimed the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And basically, Jesus was saying, you know how things happen in heaven? Well, that's happening right now that I'm here. Jesus is proclaiming the the kingdom is here and now. Uh, This is where we pick up in Matthew 5, uh, the beginning of Jesus' most popular sermon. And I bet bet you know what, what we call it now. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. Well, this is where we pick up Matthew 5, verse 1. It says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside. And after he sat down and the disciples had gathered around, Jesus began to teach them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who are mourning. They will be consoled. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. They will have their fill. Blessed are those who show mercy to others. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are clean. They will see God. Blessed are those who work for peace. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their struggle for justice. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are fortunate when others insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of slander against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward in heaven is great. They persecuted the prophets before you in the very same way. Now, you might also know this portion of the Sermon on the Mount as the Beatitudes. And some people refer to the Beatitudes as the Eight Blessings. We could spend eight weeks or even more just focusing on this portion of the sermon alone. So I'm not going to try to do that today. (laughs) This is more like uh, setting the stage for everyone so that maybe you can connect with your friends over the next uh, season and and dive deeper into the scripture together. Uh, Jesus opened up his sermon with this word, blessed. And he repeats it over and over again. Some of your translations use the word happy. I think blessed is more accurate um, uh, because it communicates uh, what, what Jesus was preaching about. Well, there's a commentary called Vincent's Word Study that explains uh, that this word blessed 
during the time it was written would be a word meaning great. And the earliest appearances of this word bless um, carried this meaning of outward prosperity. It was used synonymously with the word rich. And we can also find Greek writings where the gods were called blessed because of their power. And it had nothing to do with acts of holiness at all. Oh, this is why when Jesus used the word blessed, it was surprising because he was flipping the script. He was really changing the meaning of the word blessed. It wasn't the the prosperous who he called blessed. It was the poor in spirit. And if you look at Jesus' sermon in Luke, he called the physically poor blessed. He's, he's taking the, the meaning of this word blessed and turning it upside down. He's not using this word to describe those who have all the money and power. In fact, it's just the opposite. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, those who seek justice and mercy, those whose hearts are clean and work for peace. Even those who are persecuted, Jesus said, those are the people who are blessed. This proclamation is the opposite of what people were used to hearing. Well, coming to it from a sermon writing point of view, I think it's really humorous that in the first eight sentences in his sermon, Jesus makes these proclamations that were just the opposite of of what everyone knew to be true. It would be like me starting off my sermon and saying, the sky is green. Cotton candy is healthy for you. The Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Like none of these sound true to us, right? (laughs) But what made the Beatitudes risky to preach was not only did it sound like the opposite, but Jesus was making claims about God's preferential treatment. In a time where people could be killed for their theology, these were dangerous proclamations Jesus was making. In his commentary, Matthew, for everyone, N.T. Wright says, People often say what wonderful teaching the Sermon on the Mount is, and if only people would obey it, the world would be a better place. But if we think of Jesus simply sitting there telling people how to behave properly, we will miss what was really going on. These, quote, blessings that he's announcing are not saying, try hard to believe like this. They're saying that people who already are like that are in good shape. (laughs) These blessings, they're a gift, right? (laughs) Each blessing comes with a promise. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But the question I was asking myself this week was, have we postured ourselves in a way to receive these blessings or these gifts. And I use the word posture purposefully (laughs) because I believe the reception of all these gifts call for a posture of humility, right? It seems that, that the thread that connects all eight of these blessings together is humility. And this question is for Each of us individually and also for us collectively, have we postured ourselves in a way to receive these blessings or these gifts? (laughs) Now, I just want to take a look at the first blessing and promise. That's about all the time we have for today, but this one in particular (laughs) is on my heart this week because I've experienced through conversations a, a couple examples of the church not taking a posture of humility. (laughs) 
And you might be thinking, well, Pastor John's been awfully critical about the, the church, capital C, <laughs> lately. And if that's what you're thinking, you're probably right. And I can't share the conversations that I had this week because of confidentiality, but the arrogance of the Christian church is absolutely wearing me out. Twice this week, I've heard stories of, of Christians trying to hold the kingdom of heaven hostage and attempting to prevent access to people who God has already called blessed. I know, last week I promised I would preach about tulips and puppy dogs, but I just, I just can't ignore the injustice. So with that in mind, let's read these words together again from Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let's read that one more time. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. The promise that Jesus is making is that the people who model this character are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And like we mentioned last week, this kingdom of heaven isn't just a faraway place, but it's also right here and right now. What Jesus is promising is all that God has to offer. God's presence, God's love, God's compassion, God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's purpose, God's mercy, God's justice, God's peace. All the fullness of God is offered to those who are poor in spirit. Jesus is saying this all belongs to you. What stipulations did you hear? What stipulations did Jesus put on the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven? Am I missing a portion of this verse that lists any exceptions to the rule? <laughs> Let's put that verse back up one more time and see if there, there's any, anything that comes after that promise that would exclude um, people uh, would, would exclude people who are even poor in spirit. Again, Matthew 5.3, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is the inclusive Bible translation. Now, maybe my translation has a period at the end, but, but maybe I'm reading the wrong translation, that there's other translations that have things added. Let's read the NIV version. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The New American Standard Bible. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The King James Bible, blessed are the poor, well, excuse me, it's the King James, I should say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The truth is, we can read from any translation, and verse 3, every time, has a period after the promise. And I'm simply worn out by the arrogance of Christians who insist that there are more stipulations to inherit the kingdom of heaven than those who are poor in spirit. And I'm especially worn out by the arrogance of Christians who take pride in being scripture literalists who choose to ignore the words of Jesus. And so I invite everyone to simply take heart the words of Jesus and know that the only stipulation to inheriting the kingdom of heaven is to be poor in spirit. My rant is over. <laughs> At least for now. <laughs> but we're left with one question. I bet you can guess what that question is. If the only stipulation for inheriting the kingdom of heaven is being poor in spirit, 
What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Was that your question? <laughs> well, when you're poor, you have nothing. So poor in spirit would mean that you start your life of faith with nothing. There's nothing that could heal that emptiness or void within. In fact, the, the word spirit literally means wind or breath. So poor in spirit means your life is breathless aside from the breath of God. When you're poor in spirit, there's no plan that you can come up with, no knowledge you can obtain, no set of rules that you can follow in order to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You become spiritually helpless. You have totally emptied yourself and are completely relying on God. Elcott's commentary says this, Here the blessedness is that of those who feel that they have nothing of their own, must be receivers before they give, must be dependent on another's bounty. <laughs> I love that imagery. Must be receivers before they give, right? We, have, we, we literally have nothing except for what God has given to us. The poor in spirit recognizes that even if our desire is to be blessings to others, we cannot offer a blessing until we first receive blessings from God. <laughs> when I think about the poor in spirit, the, the image that comes to mind is that of a beggar. Have you witnessed anyone who is so desperate for survival that, that they set aside all sense of dignity and simply begged for a bite to eat and a drink of water? This is what it means to be spiritually poor. We become spiritual beggars. We're so desperate for God's presence in our lives that we set aside any pride and make ourselves vulnerable as we plead for the breath of God to fill us up, to heal our brokenness, to make our lives complete. And this isn't just a one-time begging, but we humbly posture ourselves every second of every day and recognize that we rely on God for survival. One of the most beautiful hymns ever was penned by Annie Hawks in 1872. If you know it, you can sing along with me. You know, singing's not my forte, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Like I said earlier, there's not, an, not enough time to go through all eight, but maybe one of these days we'll do a, a whole sermon series on all the Beatitudes, the, the eight blessings. But don't wait on the sermon series to get acquainted with these blessings. They're your blessings. They're your gifts. May God give us all of the courage to receive them. Well, I found a prayer online this week. 
based on the Beatitudes. This prayer comes from the St. Joseph's Prep School in the UK. Um, I'd like to say I come up with all these prayers that we do, but I don't. <laughs> I find them online. <laughs> Maybe it sets an example that, that that's what we all can do is just simply find the, the words that others have prayed and make, make those words our own. Now, this is a long one, so I invite you um, to sit back and take a deep breath and, and simply make these words the words of your heart as well. Generous and compassionate God, we are reminded today that your blessings do not necessarily follow the logic of the world. The world believes that the rich are blessed, but Jesus reminds us that it is the poor who are blessed, the poor in spirit and the materially poor as well. We pray for a more just world in which all have enough and none are left behind. Though we fear death and avoid its inevitable arrival, Jesus tells us that those who mourn are blessed. Help us to experience the truth of this mystery. Bring healing and wholeness to those who are sick. Comfort those of us who have lost loved ones. While people covet power, Jesus blesses the meek. Instruct us, O God, in the ways of humility. Help us to stand in solidarity with the oppressed and the marginalized. Show us your presence in the faces of those the world forgets. Give us hunger and thirst for righteousness. Fill our hearts with love, overflowing with mercy. Make our hearts pure and give us a vision of your glory. In a society divided by race, gender, class, ideology, sexual orientation, and so many other labels, remind us that we are created in your image. Each of us a beautiful reflection of you. Each of us your beloved child. Help us then to end our conflicts and wars. Help us to be peacemakers and agents of reconciliation. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been a blessing to you and an encouragement to you as well. You can find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, thank you so much for listening. And remember these three words, you are loved. Have a great week, everyone. Amen.